little study here, and hopefully it's a blessing to you guys. Dear Lord God, Heavenly Father, we just thank you uh, again for the Lord Jesus Christ. We just thank you for uh, just this gathering here together, Lord. Just, uh, Lord, we have so much to be thankful for, so much to be um, excited about, Lord. Um, just so many good things that you've given us, Lord. And, uh, uh, Lord, we just pray, Lord, for um, <clears throat> your uh, best answer for all the prayer requests that are out there, Lord. I know uh, uh, that we still are very needy, Lord. We still have a lot of things that we're going through, Lord. Pray that you just might be with each need, answer each need according to your will, Lord, and according to your power, Father. And, and Lord, tonight we just pray, Lord, for the study, Lord. Pray that you just might give me the words to speak. Just give me the, uh, the clarity of mind and... Uh, Lord, just pray that you would just uh, keep anything you don't want me to say, Lord, just from saying it. And um, uh, Lord, just above all, I just pray that it might glorify you and might be a blessing to your people. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. So <clears throat> it's going to be a little bit of a Bible study. It is a Bible study, right? Yeah. Thursdays are a Bible study. So we're going to be studying a bunch of things in, the, in God's Word. Um, in preparing for this little study here, you know, I was reading recently in, um, in Exodus, and um, in chapter 14, if we can go to Exodus chapter 14, we'll start there. <clears throat> in Exodus chapter 14, I guess if there was a title for this study, or, you know, the topic of this study, it would be from, it would be Israel from Egypt to Elam, from Egypt to Elam. Um, I thought about covering the entire journey through the wilderness from Egypt all the way to the promised land, and I probably would need at least six months. So we're just going to do this little, this little passage here. All right. So next to chapter 14, that's where you're at. In verse 26, And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, there at the Red Sea here, <clears throat> that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength, when the morning appeared, and the Egyptians fled against it, and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea, and the waters returned and covered, covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the hosts of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them, but the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall unto, the, unto them on their right hand and on their left. Thus saith the Lord, thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians, and the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. And, you know, just right off the bat, you know, when I see with Israel coming out of Egypt and getting into this journey and they're following God, I mean, they're being reacquainted with their, their Lord. Uh, you know, for 400 years, if you, you, know, you read before that, they were in bondage under Egypt, right? They really didn't have a, a spiritual leader like, you know, God, like Jacob and Isaac and Abraham had, right? They had God leading them, right? Uh, almost, you know, face to face. It was almost as if that, you know, they had a direct relationship with God. Right. And um, so for 400 years, they don't have any of that. It's silent, right? And then you have Moses comes, and so they are reacquainted with this God, this God of their forefathers, um, and who he is. And God is trying to show him who he is, his power. Um, and, you know, I'm just going to draw some parallels between Israel in this little journey here from Egypt to Elam to us as believers, right? So just as Israel went through that Red Sea and was, was going through and saved by the Egyptians and the, that army that was there, we also... We're saved if you're saved. Say amen. amen. 
right? If you're saved, if you've trusted the Lord Jesus as your Savior, well, you also were baptized, just like Israel was baptized, right, through that Red Sea, right? That spiritual baptism, right? So let's take a look at some verses there. We'll connect some dots and connect some thoughts. Like I said, we're going to go through a lot of verses. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. You know, the more that I you know, study and, and read, um, Brother uh, Miguel last week at the men's meeting gave a really good synopsis on studying versus reading, um, and uh, it was, that was a blessing. But, you know, as you read and you study, it's just amazing to see the internal consistencies in the Bible. You know, we could say, you know, in the Old Testament, oh, yeah, it's a picture of Israel going through the rest of it. We could just say that, like, yeah, that makes sense, conceptually. That makes sense. But Paul actually says that. He says that in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, in verses 1 and 2. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud, and all passed through the sea. And we're all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So you see that there's a picture. God shows us, you know, he doesn't just leave us uh, with nothing, right? He doesn't just leave us with this and just says, like, you know, good luck, guys. He draws comparisons. He, draws, he wants us to see pictures through his word, right? The Old Testament being concealed, right? The New Testament being revealed, right? Those truths, you can get something in little nuggets out of, out of every, everywhere you're at. You know, wherever you're in the Bible, whether it's Ezekiel, we were just joking about the, you know, the wheels and wheels. You, know, you, you can always get something out of the, out of the book. It's, it's just a beautiful thing. Um, so it's a picture of our spiritual baptism, right? Uh, it's not because I said so because I think it's a good idea. Paul also references that. Um, so, but what else do we get saved by, right? So we, we get saved, right? We get put into Jesus Christ, that spiritual baptism, but that faith, right? It's the faith that's applied. That's that faith that we have in him. And it's his faith that Galatians would say that we have his faith, um, that we're saved, right? And in faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? So the word of God. Um, so some connections here also with, with being saved, there's the water, right? The Red Sea, right? There's also the, the word of God, it says that we're saved by. We're born again by the word of God. And I'm not talking about water baptism when I'm talking about salvation. I'm talking about spiritual baptism. But Amen. being born again by the word of God. So 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Again, we're just going to connect some dots. And we know that's not saved by water because Paul is drawing a, a, a spiritual comparison there. He's not saying that you're, you know, and actually Israel wasn't really, uh, they didn't get wet with water, right? They just passed through the water, right? So there's a spiritual application there, right? <clears throat> so First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse, uh, verse 23, <clears throat> being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And so we're going to see also that there's connections between the Word of God and water, right? Word of God and water. They, they actually mirror each other. So in John chapter 3, let's go to John chapter 3, where Jesus actually says that you must be born again. John chapter 3. All right, and start in verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, <clears throat> he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. <clears throat> Marvel not that I say ye must be born again. So, you have... 
what we're supposed to be born of, right? So again, drawing comparisons to Israel, they were born in, in they were saved through that Red Sea, through that passing. <clears throat> but let's see what the, the word of God in the water. There's, there's definitely a comparison there. If you go to James chapter 118, let's go there. So we've got to be born again, but what's born again of what? James chapter 1. <clears throat> Verse 18, of his own will begat us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures, right? So it's the word of God. It's the word of God that we're born of. That's what, be, that's what begets us and puts us in, right? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. <clears throat> uh, let's go to John seventeen seventeen. John 17, 17. All right. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Now we're, and now we're going to draw some comparisons here with the word in the water. I keep on saying that, but I want to get through the, that we're saved and we're born of that word. We're born of that word that we hear, that faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26. Ephesians chapter 5. That he might sanctify, let's go a little bit further back, <clears throat> 21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God, wives, submit, or, submit yourselves unto your husbands as unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as the Christ is the head of the church, and he's the savior of the body, therefore as the church is subject unto Christ, let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify it and cleansing, cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Right? By the word. Sanctify by the word. His word, the word, we're sanctified by that word of truth. Right? So there's a spiritual aspect of this. That's that's that born again. Okay? So we're born of the spirit, born of his word. And um, we're clean through the word. Uh, John chapter 15, verse 3. It's going back and forth. Probably should have had all the Johns back together. But, you know. Get some finger exercises in here. It's more fun, right? Amen. John 15, 3. All right. Starting in verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. A lot to be said there. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Right? That washing of the water, that that cleanness, that sanctification is the Word of God. He's talking about the Word of God, okay? So, <clears throat> again, parallels, right? We're saved by that gospel call, right? That gospel that we hear, the faith that we, we put into Jesus Christ, right? We're faith, by faith in Him alone, by grace alone, right? 
And we see that gift just like as Israel had nothing, they had nothing to do except for to walk through Amen. that Red Sea, Amen. right? God just, he, he already made the way. Wow. He put the waters on each side, on the left, and on the right. You could see it, yeah. right? And in Psalms, it says that it was made as dry ground. Mm-hmm. And all they had to do was just walk through it. That's all we had to do. All we had to do was just accept that free gift right. by the Amen. word that we heard, right? Um, and just by that faith that comes from, from, from that, the word that comes from, from that. So um, let's go to uh, Exodus chapter 15. Let's go back that. We'll go back there. Exodus 15. All right. So. God saves his people, brings them through the Red Sea, right? Brings them into, right, out of the Red Sea. Now it's just, it's all, it's all good news, right? 15 is basically the people of Israel celebrating what God has done for them, right? And that's what happens when you get saved. When you get saved, I mean, I don't know. When I remember when I was like seven or, or eight when I got saved, and I felt like this was like, I don't know, so awesome. I don't know. It was just something like that. Um, you, couldn't, you couldn't put the words to it. You just felt like something, something changed, you know? It's like peace, like just even at that young age, you know, it's just you feel there was just some kind of elation there. Um, and that's what we see here in Exodus 15. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God. I will prepare him in habitation, my father's God, and I will exalt him. Remember, they didn't, see, they didn't have God for 400 years. Right. And now they're seeing, oh, this is that God that we heard about for so long, mm-hmm. that we heard our forefathers talk about for so long. We thought it was ancient history. Think about 400 years ago. 400 years ago, this wasn't even a country. Right. I mean, we're talking, this is a right. long time, Amen. you know? And so you're Amen. hearing this over, I mean, think about it. That's like going back to like the, what, the 1600s? Right. I mean, where this, where our Bible was was put together, sixteen eleven, right? I mean, that's a long time, and uh, so they're finally seeing it, and now they're finally they see they have this relationship with their God. Just like when you get saved, you might have heard about this God, you might have heard about you know someone telling you in the past or whatever, a friend or whatever. But when it became real to you, when you passed through that from death unto life, right? When you passed through that Red Sea. That's pretty exciting. That's, I mean, I don't know. Am I the only one? I mean, you know, I know it's Thursday, but it's, it was kind of cool, you know? So, uh, you know, so now he's saying, and notice these words, the Lord is my strength in song. He has become my salvation. Wow, they got it. He is my God, and I will prepare him in habitation. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his hosts hath he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. You know that the devil, Pharaoh, who's a picture of the Antichrist, he has no control over you anymore. I mean, he might still, he might still every now and then, you might be reminded of that specter of, of, of Egypt, right? I mean, hey, look, we're living in this wilderness we're going to come to see, right? And we're going to be reminded of, you know, what, how you might have thought it was so good, you know, back in Egypt. But you're going to, we're going to go talk about it a little bit, but, you know, that was just bondage. That was just Amen. bondage. Just keep that Pharaoh in the Red Sea. Don't even look back at him. <clears throat> the depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath bashed in pieces the enemy. Right hand, the picture of Jesus Christ. When he comes back, that's what he's going to do in the millennium. <clears throat> and in the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sentest forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. 
And with the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright as an heap, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. Thou didst blow with thy wind, it's still his wind. The sea covered them, they sank as, as lead in the mighty waters. <clears throat> Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Thou stretchest out thy right hand, the earth swallowed them. Thou in thy mercy hast led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. Thou hast guided them in thy strength unto thy holy habitation. Wow, these guys, are, they're, they're fired up. They're fired up. You know, they're, they're, really, they're really just celebrating now, oh, God, our, that God is our God. He's not just a God. He's not just the, he's our God. And um, so it's great. It's good. And you know what? Just like maybe some of you guys have experienced, you know, you, you get saved, you feel excited, it's good, you get into a good church, get around some good guys, you know, good girls, you know, good women, you know, it's, it's great. You know, you just really, you're in the fellowship of the saints, and guess what happens a little bit later down here? <clears throat> and so in verse 22, so Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. So, okay, let me get this straight. Because I always have to also check myself. Because it's easy to get into your theological brain and be like, you know, oh, well, you know, the reason that things happen in the world that are bad in the world is because, you know, the apologetic answer is, you know, well, you know, sin is in the world. Sin corrupts, you know. But, you know, God also is in control, so you have to, you know, you got to balance these things. But let's just think about it. God took them out of, the, out of bondage, right, in Egypt, brought them through the Red Sea, right, to bring them to a wilderness. I mean, if it was my child, right, I might not want to, I don't know, if, if I wanted to, the best for my child, in my mind, right, I don't know if I would let him just go into the wilderness and just like, hey, you know, let's go in the wilderness, you know, well, this is going to be fine. I, you know, I might, I, might, I might make some other provisions or maybe say, well, maybe we don't go to the wilderness, maybe we'll just stay here in this oasis or something. Or I would think in my own little peon brain, right, but we're going to find out that God is so far above what we could, and even though sometimes we don't understand the wilderness that's in front of us, or, the, or the, the land that God put us in for whatever reason, there's a reason, there's a reason, even though you might not see it, and it might be a really difficult struggle, it might be a really difficult place that God puts you, but there's a reason, there's a reason, if you just, and if we just stick with it, let's, let's go through and, and read some verses here and um, talk about what this wilderness represents. You know, in the wilderness, and you might have heard this before, you know, you could last about three months, they say, with no food, right? They say three months without food. But they say, really, it's about a week without water. So it says that they were there for three days. I mean, they're pretty parched, I would think, at that point. I mean, maybe they had some water, you know, from the Red Sea that they brought. But you have no water after a while for a few days. I mean, you got kids, you got, you got oh, everybody who's in the same boat. It can get kind of uh, tense. I would imagine it gets a little stressful, right? Three days with no water. Um, so when you can only do it barely a week. <clears throat> and the wilderness is a dry and thirsty land, right? So Ezekiel 19, verse 13. Not that I need to tell you what a wilderness is. You can go down to, they call it the Pine Barrens Wilderness down there. You can go down there in South Jersey. Um, but let's see what the, the Word of God says. <clears throat> And this is talking about Israel, actually. We'll start in verse 10. Thy mother is like a vine in thy blood, planted by the waters. Ezekiel 19, verse 10. 
She was fruitful and full of branches by reason of many waters, and she had strong rods for the scepters of them that bear rule, and her stature was exalted among the thick branches, and she appeared in her height with the multitude of her branches. But she was plucked up in fury. She was cast down to the ground, and the east wind dried her up her fruit. Her strong rods were broken and withered. The fire consumed them. And now she's planted in the wilderness in a dry and thirsty ground, right? Um, so the wilderness is a dry and a thirsty place, right? There's not much living there. There's not much life there, not much animals. I mean, there's, there's, there's nothing really there, right? We've established that. But, you know, going back to the, comparing the word and the water, right? When you're in the wilderness spiritually as a believer and you don't, you're not, and you're in, we're in the wilderness, guys. We're in the world, Amen. right? I mean, Amen. we are every day going through the grind, right? Whether it's your nine to five or whether it's you're taking care of your family or, you know, whatever it might be that you, that God has given you to take, to take care of. I mean, we're in the middle of it and it gets discouraging. And if you don't have that water, the water of the word that we talked Amen. about, I mean, it's going to, you're going to get parched. You're just gonna, you're not going to survive. I mean, you're just going to. Uh, it's, it's not, you're not going to make it very, very far, not very long. Go to Psalms chapter 63, verse 1. And I pray for this attitude when in this wilderness and we're trying to get through this, this world, right, <clears throat> to have this kind of mindset, this kind of prayer. Um, o God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, to see thy power and thy glory, so as have I seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Right? So, and how do we get that? How do we get to see the glory of God? We're not going to see the glory of God, you know, come in, you know, in, in your dreams. God doesn't do that, right, in this, in, this, in this age, right, in this church age. But he's given us his word. We can see and get peace and rest in the promises of God's word. And it's that water. It's that water that you will, you will not make it far if you, if you don't have God's word. You're just not gonna, it's not going to happen. You're spiritually, you might be spiritually alive, but I mean, your walk is going to, it's going to shrivel up. It's just going to, it's just going to dry out. But, um, but why the wilderness? Going back to Israel, like why, why the wilderness? Why does God bring them through the wilderness? Well, <clears throat> if you go to Deuteronomy chapter 8, I told you it was going to be a lot of flipping. Deuteronomy chapter 8. God tells us why. All right, we'll start in verse 1. <clears throat> all, all the, 8 1, Deuteronomy 8 1. <clears throat> all the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do that ye may live and multiply and go and possess. <clears throat> the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers, and thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee this, these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee and to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. <clears throat> so there's a purpose, right? He wants to humble, but also to prove, to prove us, right? He wants to prove us in this wilderness. <clears throat> Another thing to think about in the wilderness is that God's merciful? Go to Exodus chapter 13. Yeah, God wants to show us some things about our own selves, right? But he also has, believe it or not, God has a plan. Amen. God has this all thought out. And when we can't see what's in front of us, right, in this little rat race maze thing that we go through every day, 
He sees the whole board. He knows exactly what's going on. All right, Exodus chapter 13, verse 17. And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God let them not through the way of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. But God let the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. So God knew that there was a nearer way. I mean, it's not like, you know, people are like, oh, why would God bring him that way? I mean, there's, all he had to do was go up the Sinai Peninsula. Like, no, God had a reason. Because if they went that way, they would have seen their mortal enemy in, in years to come, right. the Philistines, right. before they were ready. Right. It says, although that was near, for God said, let's peradventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. Now, back in the, in the, if you look at the historical, and you, there's conjecture and debate about it, but the, the group of the Philistines, if you study them in secular history, the Philistines were actually, uh, it's said that they came from these Greek islands, and they were seafaring people. And at the end, or the collapse that they called the Bronze Age, which is around this time, again, this is all, you got to merge everything up against the Bible, but uh, the Philistines were very warlike people. And actually, they disrupted the, the, the ecosystem, the economies of that region at that time so much that you know, Egypt didn't even want to mess with the Philistines. Right? They didn't even want to mess with them. And the Philistines were colonizing all of Canaan, which is why when, you go, when they go into Canaan, you see there's the Philistines. Why are they their own group? Because then you got the Canaanites, you got the, you know, the, the Amalekites, you got the Ammonites, you got all these other people here. Like, but the Philistines seem to be like a group on their own. You know, they got all this, the Gaza, they got Gath, like... So, again, God knew what he was doing. He knew that they were not ready to face that, that nemesis Amen. at this point in time. Which tells me that God knows what you're able to handle. Amen. He knows what you're able to handle. And I know we always throw out some verses, you know, like, you know, he's not going to tempt you more than, than you're able, right? And we can go there. <clears throat> uh, that's actually 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We might as well just go there. And I don't mean to, you know, belittle scripture. I mean, it, it, it's it, these are all truths. But sometimes you just kind of, you just get caught on these wheels, these 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 verses, and you just got to see it. Like, you know, sometimes it's good to see it played out, right? <clears throat> there hath no temptation, verse thirteen, taken you, but such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Right? God is God is he's he's a loving God. He's a merciful God. I mean, he's a God of provision. I mean, he he wants you to do well. He wants you to succeed. Amen. I mean, he wants what's good for you. All right? And uh I, and I'm not saying that to you know, down to you guys from up here. I'm saying that to myself Amen. because you gotta remind yourself. I mean, like God knows what he's doing. Whether it's in your life or someone else that you see, like, man, how could that happen to that person? You know, like when something, when tragedy hits, you know, like loss, like when, when those things happen, like, man, it's like, you know, and you got to go back to the word of God. And we're going to find out that, you know, what God does in those times of bitterness. Um, he's got you. He's got you. All right. <clears throat> um, going back to the word, because we're trying to draw some parallels here with the word in the water. Um, if you go to a, Oh, actually, no, wait, that's before we get into that. <clears throat> Sorry, it's amateur hour up here. It's okay. Uh, so Israel wasn't ready for, for that mighty enemy. And a quote came to mind, uh, Pastor Mel, 
uh, one of the only lines I really remember him saying from why live in person was, you know, God doesn't send green troops into combat, Amen. right? God is looking to prove you. He knows what you can handle, right? And when he does that, I mean, he, he, you're going to see that he's, he's, trying to, he's trying to make a nation for himself, mm. right, in Israel. He's trying to make a nation ready for that promised land. And uh, he's trying to make us ready for whatever it is that God's called you to do in this life. And we have eternity to go. I mean, so God is calling us to do something. Our job is to find out what that is. All right? And everyone's got something different. Um, Let's go to to Exodus chapter 15. Go back to our our home base here. If I didn't tell you to put a hand in there before, put a hand in there now, although we're, we're making speed here. Okay. Exodus chapter 15, verse 23. <clears throat> so they were in the wilderness. They didn't have any water. And now in verse 23, <clears throat> it says, And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? <clears throat> so again, my pea brain, right? God brings you, he brings us into the wilderness. He brings Israel into the wilderness. Right, he he sees that they have a, ner- a need for thirst. They they are thirsty. He brings them to this little oasis uh, called Mara, and we find out it's called Mara because the waters are bitter, and Mara means bitter, right in, in Hebrew. <clears throat> and I, again, I, I, you know, if it were me, I would make the water sweet. I mean, you know, or just normal. I mean, it doesn't have to be sweet. It could just be normal. I don't need sweet water. I mean. Normal water is fine. I'm going to have some right now. It's fine. So Wegmans purified waters. It's all good. <laughs> but, he may, but it's bitter. It's bitter. And I don't, know, I don't know why that is. But you know what? Sometimes the word can be bitter to us. Amen. Go to Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 8. For some reason, it's a lot easier to find the verses when you're sitting down when you're not up here. I wonder what that's all about. Okay. <clears throat> all right, here's God talking to Ezekiel. But thou son of man, verse 8. Hear what I say unto thee, be not thou rebellious like that rebellious house. Open thy mouth and eat that I give thee. And when I looked, behold, an hand was sent out, sent unto me, and lo, a roll of a book was therein. And he spread it before me, and it was written within and without, and there was therein, written therein lamentations and mourning and woe. In verse 3, uh, chapter 3, verse 1, Moreover he said unto me, Son of man, eat that that thou findest. Eat this roll and go speak unto the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he caused me to eat that roll. And he said unto me, Son of man, cause thy belly to eat and fill thy bowels with this roll that I give thee. Then, I d- then did I eat it, and it was in my mouth as a honey for sweetness. Now will skip down a little further. <clears throat> and we go down to verse 14. And in between, if you read there, there's uh, 
God, Ezekiel is struggling. He says in verse 5, uh, verse 4, and he said unto me, Son of man, go get unto the house of Israel and speak with, my, speak with my words unto them, for thou art not sent to a people of a strange speech and of a hard language, but to the house of Israel. Uh, skip down to verse 10. Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, all my words that I shall speak unto thee, receive in thine heart and hear with thine ears. So he's giving him the word of God, and then he's telling him to go give it to his people. And then in verse 14, it says, So the Spirit lifted me up and took me away, and I went in bitterness in the heat of my spirit, but the hand of the Lord was strong upon me. You know, God gave him this, this roll to eat physically, right? And uh, it tasted sweet, but then as he's being sent out, like that bitterness hits him. Like, because in verse 10 of, of chapter 2, it says that there was written therein lamentations and mourning and woe. I mean, that's the word of God. I mean, he's giving him his words. The roll is that he's eating is the word of God um, that he wanted to give to Israel. And uh, sometimes God's message is not sweet. I mean, it, it might, it might, you know, you're like, yeah, you know, I want to get into this. You know, it might be sweet, like to get into some study with the Lord, and God will give you some things, and then, and then as he starts getting like, oh man, that really, that just rubs me the wrong way. You know, that really just doesn't sit well with me. You know, you read something that's just bitter. Uh, you know, I, you know, my my pet peeve is like um, rye bread, right? I like rye bread, but we put caraway seeds in there, and you got this like bitter bite. You know, it's like, why would you ruin rye bread with caraway sweet seeds? I don't understand. But it's like, it's, it's, that, it's that bitterness. It's just, what is that, right? That's, I don't know, that's, that, I'm, you know, that's just me. But um, let's go back to, let's go back to Ezekiel. Let's, uh, I'm sorry, uh, to Exodus. I got my E's and X's all messed up here. So God gives us sometimes, he doesn't give us what we're looking for sometimes, but he gives us what we need, right? Right? Amen. Um, <clears throat> Exodus chapter 15 again. And it says that those waters were bitter. And uh, I was just thinking about that word bitter. Uh, there's something to be said for bitterness. Mm-hmm. The first time it gets mentioned in the, in the Bible, it's referring to Esau when he loses his birthright. You can go there, Genesis chapter 27. Twenty-seven and verse uh, thirty-four, and when Esau heard the words of his father, and this is uh, in, the, in the verse before, and he, Isaac trembled with very exceedingly and said, "Who, where is he that hath venison brought it unto me? And I have eaten of all that camest and have blessed him. Yea, and he shall be blessed." So he saying he gave the, the blessing already to Jacob, his brother, but Esau was the oldest. He should have gotten the blessing. He should have received that blessing. <clears throat> And what does it say there in 34? He says, And when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a great and exceeding bitter cry and said unto his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. You know, I was just thinking about bitterness. You know, and there's such an association with being bitter and loss. When you lose something. When you lose something that's like, that you feel like you were entitled to, right? It could be anything. It could be a loss of a loved one. Like, you know, why do you have to go? Why do you have to go that way? All right? It could be a job. You know, like, oh, that job, like, I earned that job. I, I did all the work. I put all the work into that job, right? Uh, it could be, I have a whole list here. I mean, and the Bible's full of these, these things of, of being bitter. <clears throat> it could be just a loss of, like, your choice. Think about the children of Israel. It actually says this in, in Exodus uh, chapter uh, 1 and verse 14. It says that they were bitter in bondage. You don't have to go there. I'll, I'll read it for you. I've got you guys flipping around enough. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and in brick and in all manner of service of the field. All their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. 
I mean, they were bitter. And it's not just the rigor of it. I mean, hard work is hard work. But it's just that, like, you know, something tells me, like, I shouldn't be doing this. Like, I'm not, it's not my will. It's not, I, 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 something was removed from me. Like, that choice was taken from me, you know? Um, <clears throat> health, you lose your health, finances. I mean, you name it. It's, to me, there's such an association with bitterness and loss. Um, that she, that, and, and that just builds onto a whole bunch of things. You know, the whole, uh, I'm a Star Wars fan, so, you know, you know uh, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, right? And hate leads to suffering. Well, I think it actually, it's bitterness. Bitterness leads to anger. Anger leads to, I mean, bitterness, like, it leads you to resentment and anger and hatred and just down a road that, like, you can, you can just lose yourself in that. You can lose yourself in a life of bitterness. <clears throat> and um, how do we get over that? How do we get over those bitter waters of Mara, right? We're in, we're in this. God put us here, right? We know God's not going to give us more than we can handle. We've established that, right? He's trying to prove us. He's trying to show us something. Um, and let's see what, so let's see what happens here. Some minor part, uh, notes there on bitterness. You know, Ruth changed her name to, uh, uh, Naomi changed her name to uh, Mara, right? Which we just saw there, Mara means bitterness. Um, when she lost her family, Right? Uh, it says that uh, Hannah was bitter in the spirit when she was with Eli, and she couldn't have a child. She was bitter because why? Those the, you, you just don't have that control that you want. You, you you've lost that. You've lost something. Um, where are we? Exodus chapter fifteen. I got to get back there. <clears throat> Exodus chapter fifteen. <clears throat> Let's see what happens here. So the people murmured against Moses and saying, "What shall we drink?" And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. You know, what does Moses do? Moses doesn't go and he hits a rock later, right? Uh, he doesn't go and, and start complaining to Aaron and saying, you know, what the heck, I'm, I'm out here now and I got these, you know, people that are following me. No, he goes back to the Lord. He goes and gives it back to the Lord and he says, hey, Lord, you brought us here. I mean, what are we going to drink here? And what does the Lord do? <clears throat> he showed him a tree, which when he had cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. And there he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. You know, and I see there that, you know what, when you're in that trial, when, it's in, when you're in that, that thing, man, and it could be a really difficult thing. There's some difficult things going on. I can't explain why, you know, teenager gets cancer. I can't explain why, you know, brother, after years of being cancer-free, gets it again, you know, and thank God, man, you know, praying for you, man, uh, and, you know, remission, praise the Lord. But, you know, I can't explain those things. I can't explain why, you know, someone loses a child, you know. I, I can't explain those things. I, and those things could lead to some great bitterness. But if you just have faith and just trust, just trust that God is not going to take you further than you, than, than, than you, you can't handle and you just trust that God is able to make those bitter waters sweet and that God is trying to prepare you for something down the road, Amen. right? I mean, he's preparing you for those Philistines. He's not going to send them to you now, but he's going to prepare you for them in the future. When you're ready to get into that promised land, when you're ready to take all that God is, wants to give you, right. he's preparing you. He's proving you. He's, 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 he's just, he wants what's the best for you. Amen. And that's really hard to swallow. It's a bitter, bitter pill to swallow, but you know what? The Lord in time. If you just go back to him, give it back to him, see what the, Lord, what the Lord's trying to do in your life, he'll make those waters sweet. He'll make those waters sweet. <clears throat> and let's see what else he says here. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. 
and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and give all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. And the other thing that I see there, you know, he, he brings you out there to prove you, to show some things that he needs. He wants to prove you and prepare you for that promised land. But also, he's showing you things about himself, right? In the end of that verse there, he says, I brought thee out of the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. And he was trying to show that, you know what? In this trial, in this situation here, you're not going to know that I can make those waters sweet unless you taste that bitter water. You're not going to know the power of his goodness and the sweetness, loving kindness we just read that David was talking about until he goes through some things. And I don't know how deep those waters are going to be, how deep those waters of bitterness are going to be. And everyone's got to go through something. But the Lord is there. The Lord is there. He's with you. And he's your healer. He's your healer. Amen. <clears throat> and that's a part of the Christian life, right? We go through these things. We're learning more about God. We learn more about ourselves. Because God puts us through things and pressure tests us. And we're better for it. Um, <clears throat> and, so, and through those trials that we can learn to trust him and to rest in him. You can't really learn how to trust and rest, you know, I learned this, you know, recently, right? We had a fire uh, in our house a couple years ago. And, um, you, know, you're, you know, the firemen, you know, you, you just know that they're there, you know. But it's not until the firemen are in your house knocking things down, putting fires and everything. It's like, oh, wow, these guys actually know what they're doing. <laughs> you know, it's like you actually see it for yourself, right? It's not until you actually go through some things that you see that you can rely on you know, what's being, you know, given you. You know, it's not until you sit in the chair that you know that the chair is going to hold you up, right? And um, that's what we learn in, the, in, those, in those difficult times, in those tar- times of tomorrow. Um, but, uh, but he also wants to show what he can do when we trust him, when we trust him. And we have a few, few minutes left here. And that brings us to Elam. That brings us to Elam. And, uh, and let's go to, the ver- it's only one verse that talks about Elam here. In verse 27, it says, They came to Elam, there were twelve wells of water, three score and ten palm trees, and they encamped there by the waters. And there's not much else is said about Elam, but Elam means a place of strong trees, a place of strong trees. Amen. And uh, in the middle of this wilderness, in the middle of this desert, dry place, dry and thirsty place, God had a place there, a, a way station, right? It wasn't the place that they were going to stay, but along the way, God's going to—he's going to encourage you. He's going to show you what he can do. He's going to give you a taste of, hey, look, look where you can be. This is, where, this is a little taste of where I got, what I have for you. Just keep on the path. I'm right with you. I'm right beside you. I'm walking with you. <clears throat> and uh, there's 12 wells of water. Well, what I see there is there's 12 tribes of Israel, right? There's a well for each tribe. He's got, he's got his people covered. Amen. He's got a provision for us. Amen. He's not bringing us out into the wilderness to just die, okay, of starvation and thirst. He's bringing us in, and he's going to take care of us along the way. And he's got, he's got a plan for us. Amen. All right, we have an expected end, Jeremiah says, okay? Amen. The taste of the promised land to come, <clears throat> 12 wells, one for each tribe. And the 70 trees, and the, and the thing I see there, and I mean, there's so many things about 70, you know, in the Bible. But um, based on the name, I mean, it sounds like these are pretty strong trees. Elam, I mean, the place of strong trees. Strong, 70 strong trees sustained by the wells. And it's a picture of what God can do in the wilderness in our lives, despite being in this dry and thirsty land. Let's go to Psalm chapter 1.
Psalm chapter 1. Because again, God is trying to show us some things about ourselves, show us some things about Him, and He also wants us to be rooted. All right? And blessed is the man, it says, that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in his season. Everyone's got a different season, too, with fruit. Everyone's got a different season. We're all in different seasons of life, different walks, different people you're going to walk by and and, and and have interactions with. We all have different gifts. I'm not getting Pentecostal here. I'm just talking about those things that we all have our strengths. We all have the things like, you know... Brother, you could talk to anybody on the street, I, but you don't really like talking up here, right? I mean, I, I, we, we complement each other very well, right? But, uh, but these are the things. This is what we're supposed to be doing for each other. This is what the body of Christ is all about. <clears throat> His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the way of the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous." But the way of the unrighteous and the godly shall perish. He knows the way of the righteous. He's put you on this path. He knows what you need to be planted. And what's, what is that? What did we just read in the first three verses? He doesn't walk in the, what's, that, what's that blessed man have? He doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. He doesn't stand in the way of sinners. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. Amen. And it's the law of the Lord. It, it really just always comes back, comes back to the book. It always comes back to the book. That word, right? What, what's the, that's the water, guys. That's the water that we've been talking about, right? We, just, we, we established that early on with the water and the word. And that's how you get to be that strong tree planted. And you can be that strong tree planted in the wilderness, despite all of the nonsense and just the, the people you're going to come across, the trials you're going to go through, uh, that I'm going to go through. Um, you can always know that God is with you. He's given you provision. And he can make you into one of those strong trees, Right? A picture of where he wants you to be in that promised land. We'll go through a few more verses here. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 17. You know, I learned uh, recently, I want to say I relearned, because if I say I learned it for the first time, my father would probably be upset if he was seeing this. But um, I learned, I relearned recently, <clears throat> I say that 15 times fast, uh, when you plant something new, like a baby bush or something, right? If you don't water it pretty regularly in the first few days, it's going gonna, it's gonna to die. I learned that, relearned that recently. Um, we had this heat wave back in April, right? And, uh, you know, I, put, I planted the bushes about a week before, and lo and behold, they, they got dried up. The root was just dried up. Um, but if you look at Jer- Jeremiah 17.5, um, you're there, I'm not because I'm talking. Thus saith the Lord, be, Cursed be the man that trusteth a man, maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. For he shall be like the heath in the desert, and shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, and a salt land, and not inhabit it. Uh, point out there that our destination is not the wilderness. Right? Because right there it says, But shall inhabit the parched places. That's not us. That's the person that wants to go and do his own thing, right? He's just describing the person before. Cursed be the man that trusteth the man, right? We said, blessed the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly or sitteth in the way of sinners, right? That guy, that's what he's talking about. 
It says in verse 7, Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be, look at this again, as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of the drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. <clears throat> you know what happened in those bushes that I planted, right? After the heat came, the leaves started falling. They just falling. And I was like, oh, well, it's done. I've got to replant these, these trees. And now I'm one of them every other day, right? Uh, but I can tell you right now, after giving them the water for the last few weeks, their leaves are still green, right? It's been, there's been warm days, right? But her leaves shall be green, shall not be careful in the year of drought. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to bring the physical, the spiritual, the word, right, all together. You know, that it's a dry and thirsty land out there. God's got us covered. He's going to take care of us. He's walking through us, with us. He's given us his word. We got to stay rooted in the water. We got to stay rooted in this. Ephesians 3, 17. I've got a couple of verses here. <clears throat> and then uh, we'll close out with a word of prayer. 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love Amen. may be able Amen. to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know of the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. And guys, that is where God is trying to get us right. to go. Yeah. He wants us to be spiritually filled with the fullness of God. Right. And, you know, and there might be some things physically in this life that God has called you to do, whether it is to, uh, to be a pastor, whether it is to be a preacher, whether it is to just, you know, be faithful. And whatever it is that God has called you to do. But at the end of the day, spiritually, we need to be rooted in Christ. We need to be rooted in His love and God loves us. And now in verse 20, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. And that's where I think it's a good place to end, right? Because, you know, that's, 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 the, that's the main look. That's the high look. That's, the, that's where we need to be. That's where we need to be desiring you know, we go through these things here, but we can't forget the long look, which is we got a heaven that's coming our way, right? All right? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also me, right? In my Father's house are many mansions. If there were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. That's coming. That's a real thing, right? <clears throat> He's got something calling for you in this life. Find out what that is and um, just trust God. Just trust God. Don't give up on God. God has not given up on you. Amen. He's not given up on you, and he will not give up on you. you um, and we'll go by, by his grace. So I hope that was a blessing to you guys this, this evening, and uh, we'll close that word of prayer. Then, Father, Lord God, again, we just thank you for your word, Lord. Um, just in awe of your word, Father, that um, uh, you're just able to make your mind known to us uh, so plainly, Lord. The mind of God, Lord, um, Lord, just thank you, Lord. Uh, we'll never be enough. And Lord, we just pray, Lord, uh, as we leave, um, Lord, uh, we know we don't leave from your presence, Lord, so we pray that you might protect us and keep us safe. We have us traveling mercies, Lord, uh, much over families that are, uh, may not be here, Lord, and um, our, our friends and loved ones, and uh, as everyone's traveling this weekend, Lord, uh, just keep us all safe, Lord. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.